with Flatlands. If you're local and want your music played on our podcast, please get in touch with the show or email me at socials at peatmortgagesandprotection.co.uk. Now, on to the podcast and we have an amazing guest with an incredible story that may or may not contain pandas. So let's get on with it. Hi, I'm Anna Louise. I am actually the daughter of the late wildlife artist Pollyanna Pickering. And I worked alongside her in her business for almost 30 years. And she went on to become one of the world's foremost wildlife artists, incredibly well respected in her field. And as part of that, she set up a charitable foundation. And that's now my main focus is continuing to run that and continue her legacy in that way. Lovely. And what made you want to work alongside your mum? Oh, that actually was a complete accident. Uh, (laughs) When I first left school at 18, I was offered a job working for a theatre company in London, not acting, doing production work. Mm. And I thought, well, that sounds interesting. I can do that for a bit, defer going to university, never got there. (laughs) And uh, I went off down to London, had a brilliant time working with the theatre company. And about three years in, they went bankrupt, as very often happens Mm. in that field. And around that same time, Pollyanna's personal assistant had just left to set up her own business. And I said, oh, I'll come back home. I'll help you out for a few months while you find someone else. And I decide if I'm going to look for another job in the theatre or whatever Mm. I'm going to do. And at that time, she'd just been very, very badly ripped off by a publisher she was working with. Mm. And I got really involved in not only getting her out of this very horrible contract, but signing with a new publishing company who I actually still work with to this day. Mm. And because she'd had such a bad experience, we had a lot of negotiations to put together a huge contract, you know, covering everything you could ever think of. So I got to know the directors of this company very well. And at the end of that process, they said, would you consider staying on working in the business and helping us develop the licensing side? Mm. I said, well, that sounds interesting. I could do that for a few months. And then almost 30 years later, (laughs) I was still there. So, yeah, I really kind of fell into it, but it worked out really well. Very good. That's really good. Could you imagine (laughs) yourself doing anything else? Or as soon as you started that, was it just kind of... Well, I think really what made the difference was, for a start, I was right. Developing the licensing side was incredibly interesting. Pollyanna's work was published onto pretty much everything you can imagine, you know, from the obvious greetings cards and calendars to all kinds of giftware. And we got to work with a lot of charities through that. Um, But also, I got to organise all the expeditions that she went on to study and paint endangered species in their natural habitats Mm. and ultimately to go on those alongside her so that I could photograph the expeditions, document them that way and ultimately ended up writing books about them Mm. as well. So I suddenly had these incredible opportunities to travel to places that I would never even have thought Mm. of going Mm. to. You know, like kind of the high Arctic and Siberia and really remote parts of India. Mm. And 
I also got to develop my own creativity with the photography and the writing. So all those opportunities turned out to be there as well. So wow. it really developed into, yeah, the most incredible career. I was mm. phenomenally lucky yeah. with no great plan. <laughs> I, I do have a Pollyanna Pickering story. Okay. Yeah, I'm proud of this. <laughs> yeah. When I was age nine and three quarters. Okay. Uh, your, part of your, well done. Yeah, oh yeah, I know. Your your mum picked me as a winner of an art competition, uh, drawing a dinosaur, which is still on the wall in my dad's house. Fantastic! I love that. That is brilliant. Well, congratulations. There we go. As, as, as soon as I mentioned that, you emailed. Yeah. Me like, I've got a story. Really? <laughs> oh, do you know she always loved that. She would every now and again be asked, well, quite regularly be asked to yeah. judge different competitions, and she always enjoyed that so much. So well done. That's brilliant. I, I only know that it's nine and three quarters because it says at the bottom. It's written on. Reese, age nine and three quarters. That's <laughs> very very important. You know, when you're that age, those three quarters. Are, oh, yeah. yeah are everything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Very good. Um, so the, the foundation, what, what does it do and, and um, why was it set up? Well, it was initially set up for many years, really right through my late childhood and through my teens. We ran from our home just near Matlock a wildlife rehabilitation centre as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we rescued and rehabilitated primarily birds of prey, owls, hawks, falcons, that was what we set up to do. But once you start doing that, people bring everything to yeah. you. So you name it, you know, squirrels, bats, hedgehogs, they all turned up yeah. on our doorstep. And I say we ran that for the best part of 15 years. But at that time, we had some fantastic help. We had some brilliant friends who, when we had to go away, would move into our house and we could trust them to look after the wildlife and know what they were doing. Very sadly, they got divorced, very inconsiderate, moved to opposite ends (laughs) of the country. And we couldn't find anyone else to sort of fill that role. Mm. And of course, that's something that you've got to be able to give it, you know, 100% commitment. And Pollyanna was getting busier and busier and her work was taking us away more and more. And so we had to make the decision that we would have to close the hospital. So we rehomed our few permanent residents and stopped taking any more patients in. And at that point, she said, well, I would like to carry on helping people in the UK running sanctuaries like this, doing similar work. So she set up the foundation with the idea that we would do some fundraising and Mm -hmm. donate percentages of her exhibitions and do things like building aviaries and buying hospital equipment. And we did that and we still do that. But very, very quickly, it became much more global than we'd imagined. Mm -hmm. Within a year, we were building fences to protect rhinos in Aberdeen National Park. And we've gone on to fund projects globally. We work in Africa and Asia, and it grew much more than we could have ever Mm. predicted. Wow. Um, But Pollyanna always said that she thought she had the best job in the world. And she considered that she was very lucky to be able to make a living working with the animals that she loved. And so she really wanted to give something back in some way. So it really came about because of that. Amazing. That actually does sound like the dream job. Yeah, I think it? so too. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It, it's That's a pretty mad. good job of mine. Oh, you know, there's always you know there's other bits like I do have to sit down and do the VAT every quarter. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> and Pollyanna would have incredibly pressing deadlines. She'd be working through the night. But as we always said, yeah, better to have those in that sort of career than yeah. something yeah. that you know. So yeah. definitely. definitely. <laughs> so you've mentioned you visited a, quite a lot of different countries. Yeah. What was, 
have you got a favourite place that you've been to? Uh, do you know, it's Hard question. so <laughs> difficult because they, they've all been so incredibly different, yeah. you know, and you have such different experiences in every one. Um, one of the most remarkable was definitely a journey that we made into China in the very, very early 90s. Um, because, as I mentioned briefly, Pollyanna liked to study animals that she'd seen in their own natural habitats. And so she would wander through to the office and say, oh, I want to paint Siberian tigers and wander out again, mm -hmm. and then leave me with the sort of logistics of getting her into it the right like place. It does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So anyway, she wrote up my office and she said, right, I want to paint giant pandas. So we did a little bit of research and we came across a panda hospital in a very remote part of the Sichuan province. Mm -hmm. And it's great place to head for we'll try and go there and what I hadn't realized when I started to try and make the arrangements was that China I mean still now but certainly then in the early 90s was still very very closed and huge area visit just hadn't been open for tourism at all mm -hmm. well it turned out the hospital we wanted to go to was in a region that had recently been opened up it had been open to the west for six months but that didn't mean that anybody had actually gone there. <laughs> so we applied for visas and originally they actually just turned us down completely. And I think they possibly thought that we were journalists because it's right on the borders of Tibet and obviously there's a yeah. huge amount of human rights issues in that area. And I think they thought we were trying to sneak in to do a story under this ridiculous yeah. you know, cover pretense of, oh, I'm a wildlife artist yeah. sketching pandas. And I think we were very, very thoroughly checked out. But eventually... They gave us visas, they allowed us to go. When we got there, we had to go to the local government offices, hand over our passports, our flight tickets, and they only gave them back to us the morning that we flew home. So I think, you know, had we stepped mm. out of line, well, I'd probably still be there, actually. I would be chatting to you now. <laughs> yeah. I'd be in some little cell in China. Um, but what all of that meant was that we were the first two Westerners to visit this region definitely in 80 years and wow. possibly earlier than that because wow. that was as far back as the records went yeah so you can imagine that it was really a fascinating journey yeah, yeah. yes That's especially for the people we shock. met en route yeah. well more for the people that we met really because mm. we were in a very remote rural area and of course a lot of the people there had never had the opportunity to travel outside their own visitor, mm. uh, mm. villages. So they'd never really had any contact with Westerners at all. Mm. And obviously this is a podcaster, you can't see me, but I am <laughs> five foot ten, I'm blonde, and I am deathly pale. You know, I'm the colour of plain yoghurt. <laughs> and before we went, the Chinese embassy, and my mum was very similar build, very similar kind of features to me. Yeah. And the Chinese embassy, before we went, said, oh, when you get out into these more remote areas, we suggest you dress down, just wear jeans and T-shirts so that you'll blend in with the locals. Well, we wouldn't have blended anymore if we'd have been in full cocktail outfits and tiaras, you know. So yeah. everywhere we went, people would just crowd around us. The children, actually, we'd be terrified. They would just run off and hide. Oh. Uh, but the funniest thing of all was... We, we're so used to hearing people speak English with every accent mm. imaginable. It's just part of yeah. our daily lives. And, of course, we tried to learn just a few basic words of Chinese, just kind of hello and thank you, just so we could communicate a tiny bit. They had never heard anyone foreign attempting to speak their language. So every wow. time we said hello, there would just be this pause, and then everyone would fall about laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, culturally, it was extremely interesting. Fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. I, I've got a friend who, who rode his bike. He, he rode on a pedal bike across 
uh, Central Asia, he did Turkey to Thailand. Wow. And he's Irish and ginger. Mm. And they had never seen a ginger person. And he <laughs> wow. said everyone wanted to touch his head for yes. good luck. Uh, <laughs> so you, you, you got quite lucky that at least people weren't coming up and rubbing your head. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I know, I've had similar in other countries, but no, it was a fantastic experience, it really was, to that go through incredible. these areas. And we did eventually make it to the Tiny Panda Hospital mm. uh, with various huge trials and tribulations along the way where we sort of got turned away at barriers after two days' drive. Mm. And, but finally, we, we managed to get through and we got into the little hospital and initially, they'd said we could only stay mm. for one hour, right. that I could take one photograph of a panda in their care, and that was it, we had to leave. And the basis of this was they'd never had Western visitors before, mm. and they weren't sure they should be allowing it now. Mm. It wasn't a sort of directive, it was just this, this concern that they might be doing something wrong. Yeah. So we went through... And this is where we had the phenomenal luck that I was travelling with Pollyanna because, of mm. course, she was carrying the sketch folder that she'd already been making studies in as we travelled. Mm. And so, of course, she got this out and she started to show it to the guy who ran the place. Mm. And the next thing we knew, he opened the door to one of the little hospital units, a little pen that they had a panda in, shoved Pollyanna into it, threw a little stool after her and said, you sketch my panda, threw an interpreter that we had with us. <laughs> spoken English so she suddenly found herself sitting about six feet away from what if that was a wild panda yeah. <laughs> on this stool producing sketches <laughs> while the whole hospital kind of workers gathered around and stared at mm. her but the upshot of all that was at the end of this he actually invited us to stay in the hospital for as long as we wanted so wow. they gave us a room in the workers quarters and the condition was that we had to help out and do some work while we were there. And we said, yeah, of course, that's absolutely yeah. fine. Not knowing what they would ask us to do. And the following morning, they turned up with a six-month-old baby panda, which they oh. were hand-rearing, wow. which had been found orphaned on the mountainside, or at least abandoned, most likely. And our job was actually to look after the six-month-old baby panda. Can you imagine that? How long was that I for? Know. Well, we actually stayed there in the end for about two and a half weeks, at which okay. point we had to start going back because our visas would have run out. Yeah. So we had to make our way back to Chengdu, the city we were flying home from. Otherwise, I think, you know, again, I probably still would be oh, there because <laughs> it was such amazing. an incredible experience. So we were bottle feeding him. And, we were, and a lot of it actually was really just supervising because he was at the age where he was starting to explore they got him in a large sort of paddock and he was starting to explore that and he was starting to chew on bamboo but he needed watching the whole time because pandas are classified as national treasures in China. Mm. So you don't want anything to befall them no. you know, yeah. at this point no. before he's subsequently released back into the wild. And of course, Pollyanna had this incredible opportunity to sketch you know, that panda and the yeah. other birds and animals they were caring for. And I don't think there's any other wildlife artist that's ever had that prolonged that's, that's close amazing. contact you know with I, I think that the, the being the first way. westerners to go over there probably yeah. Yeah. got a degree of access that you just won't be able to get well do you know i think the other thing that made a difference was that we were women because yeah. when we arrived at the barrier which was actually at the entrance the hospital was in a nature reserve mm. and there was a barrier at the entrance to this reserve and the guards there initially didn't want to let us through and our wonderful interpreter argued with them for about an hour and a half mm. and this was eventually where we got the one hour 
you know, you can go through one photograph, confiscated the video cameras that I had at that time. We didn't get that back till we left. Mm. Um, but eventually when we did go, the, the head of the hospital was actually the head of the entire region. So his word overruled theirs once we'd mm. had that invite. But when we did leave, we learned that in fact, he'd only let us through because we were two women and therefore he thought we couldn't possibly be, you know, dangerous or oh, sort of, you okay. know, significantly important <laughs> enough that it would be a problem. And I think had we been, you know, men, yeah. we maybe wouldn't have got there. Yeah. You know? So wow. it's interesting. That is interesting. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. We've got a question on here around what's your favourite animal, but is, is it pandas? Or is there <laughs> You'd think after all that, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, obviously I love pandas. And again, for similar reasons, it's hard to choose a favourite animal. Mm. But I think I would have to say cheetahs. I okay. adore cheetahs. Why? There's something very special about them. They're quite different from the other big cats. Mm. They always seem very vulnerable. They're so sort of delicate and slender. And they expend this huge amount of energy chasing down their prey. And then very often it will just be stolen from them by lions or hyenas or something bigger mm. that comes and bullies them. And they mm. do just seem very fragile and very vulnerable and very, very beautiful cats. Mm. So probably cheetahs. I'm guessing you've seen them in person as well yes uh yeah we've had some amazing experiences actually pollyanna had many different roles with a lot of charities globally but she was a global ambassador for an organization which cared for cheetahs in um south africa mm. and we did go over and work with them on several occasions so again she was able to go in with ones they were looking after to sketch them and we've had some lovely close encounters in the mm. wild where we've been on walking safaris and sat not much further than, you know, sort of I am from you watching cheetahs and cultures. Over two metres, yeah. by the way. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. With help from the big table. <laughs> Amazing. So, so with the foundation, mm. obviously COVID seemed to have a bit of an impact maybe on your work. Very much so, unfortunately, because I am still staging um, exhibitions of Pollyanna's work from mm -hmm. the archives in the gallery that we have in our home, uh, which is just about a mile outside Matlock. And I had two big events planned for last year, which obviously didn't happen at all. Um, hopefully one of those will now be being staged at the end of June yeah. coming up, so not that long at all. Mm. And of course the other thing I do for raising funds is going out and giving talks to lots of different societies and organisations all over the country and of course all of that just came to a complete mm. stop. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, as it has been for a lot of organisations, it was a very difficult 12 months. Yeah. yeah. Was there anything you could do during Covid like despite the exhibitions not going ahead? Um, yeah, we had, you know, the, our website carried yeah. on operating yeah, yeah. and a percentage of all the sales through that go to the foundation. Yeah. And I'm pleased to say that was very, very busy. And I've still been working with Pollyanna's publishers and developing lots of new ranges using her artwork and that's yeah. all ongoing. And I did take the opportunity to write a couple of new talks. So when I am allowed out again okay. properly, yeah. they're all there waiting and ready to go. So yeah, it's it's been a very different 12 months months very different yeah, focus but imagine. things didn't grind to a complete mm. halt yeah. yeah no that's good do you think that this isn't on our list of questions actually mm. but, but do you think that people are maybe more aware of nature now than they were 
pre-COVID, because all, all people have been able to with do this. With all the walks. Possibly, yeah. it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I think people have perhaps had more opportunity to get out and about mm. into nature, which is fantastic. I mean, that's a mm. wonderful opportunity. And the more time you spend, you know, even in parks and seeing yeah. our own British wildlife, I think the more interest you have and the more you get to love it. Yeah. Uh, it's also raised lots of interesting questions about the way we treat animals, particularly with, you know, the wet market in Wuhan, which is still yeah. less likely the source of all this which yeah. maybe people haven't thought about before and yeah. it's been brought a bit more into the public consciousness which is potentially quite good for the future for both us and for the animals that works yeah. both ways you know so yeah I think it could have all sorts of knock-on effects in the way that we look at how we use the environment and use animals in the future yeah um it's not a question on there mm. but have you got I'm guessing it's quite hard to count how many um, like pictures that Pollyanna mm. created. Do you have like a rough estimate of how many she did no. over the years? Do you know, I'd love to know. She worked yeah. professionally freelance for almost 50 years, so it's a very yeah. long career. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. We do have a record. Everything that she did from the early 90s went to yeah. technical photography. So okay. we do have a record yeah. of everything from then. Yeah. I still don't know the numbers. Yeah, so. thought it'd be a hard question. Um, and actually, <laughs> I, you know, I'm fortunate that I do have quite a collection for future exhibitions because she yeah. would tend to plan, you know, you have to think quite a long way ahead and she would tend to plan ahead and know the subjects she was going to do as themes for the next essentially four or five events yeah. and work on those almost simultaneously. So I've got lots of sort of started collections. And although on one level there's a temptation for me to hang on to a lot of that work, mm. I know that the last thing she would have wanted is for those paintings to sit in drawers in planches. Yeah. She wanted them to be seen and enjoyed and ultimately out in people's homes. So yeah. it's important that I do keep staging the exhibitions and working with the publishers so everybody yeah, can absolutely. share in it and enjoy it as well. Yeah. Amazing. And... Have you got an exhibition planned in June? I have. We've moved the dates on slightly, so fingers crossed, if all goes according to plan, it will fall fully after the lifting of the COVID restrictions, yeah. everybody crossing everything in yep. sight. <laughs> so fingers we crossed. will be starting on Saturday the 26th of June and running for nine days until Sunday the 4th of July. And it's 10 to 6 every day. We're a mile outside Matlock and you can find all the details on our website, which is pollyannapickering.co. UK. Amazing. And we'll put the link in oh, yeah, yeah, on our social Perfect. media. As is well. there a theme to that exhibition? Is it? Yeah, yeah, this one is actually all themed around paintings from China. Okay. Um, partly the journey I've just been talking about, Pollyanna always kept the sketches that she did in the field for reference so she could mm -hmm. keep going back to them. Yeah. But again, now it seems a shame just to keep them in a drawer unseen. So mm -hmm. I've released those for the exhibition. And in 2017, we went out to China again in a very different way as representatives of a group called Artists for Conservation who are a global, um, exactly what it says on the tin, artists <laughs> who work with conservation charities uh, based in Canada but operating globally. And they were very instrumental in organising a big exhibition and conservation festival uh, in China. And we went out as the only representatives from Europe Wow. It was wow. an extremely interesting experience. But as part of that, she had um, completed some new work for exhibition there, which is now 
come back to me and she did some sketching kind of demonstrations for people to watch in between all the many other dinners press conferences the very packed program of events <laughs> mm. that we had yes. amazing <laughs> yeah so all of that new work is in there as well so it is it's all themed around those visits into china pandas and the other wildlife that shares their habitat which includes tigers and snow leopards and wolves and tigers are one of my favorite pandas. animals yeah 100%. I love them. elephants yeah just the, their skin up close is they're incredible just, yeah. aren't and, they? And, and it's almost like stroking a coconut because yes. <laughs> they've got these very big it's like like wiry hairs so right. yeah they're crazy things and uh, they do they're amazing yeah, I, I i did a, a walk with orphaned elephants in oh, south, south africa it's a fantastic place to go for for wildlife and um yeah i did the did a, a bush walk with orphaned elephants and uh got to i told i think i told you abby i got to stroke an elephant's tongue yeah uh, <laughs> the elephants wow. like it do. apparently was it sticky <laughs> it, uh, it, i just went to watermelon so it was sticky uh. and it was it was and they don't give you anything to wipe your hand on as well so nice. that was a bit of a bit of an error um <laughs> But uh, oh yeah, and then shark shark cage diving as well. Oh wow, that's good. Not fun. Oh, you, can't, you can't really sketch when you're under under the water. Well, do you know it's it, funny so. you should say that, but Pollyanna did um, various you know, TV programs and documentaries over the years, mm. as you mm. could imagine, and one that was in planning, which sadly uh, didn't come to pass uh, but we had been planning shortly before she passed away was when she was going to go back to Ethiopia where we'd wow. been on expedition some years before to paint the Ethiopian wolves which is yeah. the rarest wolf in the world wow. and also there are none in captivity anywhere in the world not in Ethiopia nowhere else which means that Pollyanna is still the only artist ever to have painted and sketched them from mm. real life mm. so we were going to go back with a documentary crew and kind of recreate mm. this journey and we were having one of the production meetings about that and one of them said one of the producers turned to Pollyanna and said oh we're also wanting to produce a program about an artist painting sharks yeah and you know you would need to be in a cage and you'd have to sort of sketch them underwater and I'm saying oh that sounds interesting and I turned my head straight and I could just see Pollyanna shaking her head going no <laughs> and I think the combination of kind of being in the wetsuit and trying to sketch underwater she said to me afterwards what am I going to produce sketching underwater it's going to be like a nine and three quarter year old painting <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. so, so the shark cave diving didn't actually happen oh, enthusiastic though I was on her behalf that was where she drew the lines <laughs> i think that would be my worst nightmare it's fantastic petrified of them. But, but the day before i went everyone was sending me videos of that that, that one where you see the shark gets in the cage uh, yes oh. yes that's not ideal is it well, but i do like a shark as long as they're not in the cage i, oh, yeah. I can't even watch jaws without having a panic attack <laughs> no chance so what, what are the plans for the future then well, I'm hoping very much, um, maybe next January, if everything's back to normal, everything's qualified at the moment, everything's with an if, it is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Um, but there was a, a lovely, lovely gesture earlier this year on what would have been Pollyanna's 78th birthday. The Born Free Foundation actually named a rescued cheetah in her honour. Uh, mm. She was one of their patrons, worked very closely with them for many, many years. Mm. And little Pollyanna Cheetah was rescued 
from the pet trade. She was seized mm. by the Somalian authorities, having been taken from the wild, and sadly won't be able to be returned to the wild because she'd sustained several injuries you know, mm. during the transit. Uh, which means that she wouldn't ever be able to hunt successfully enough. So she's now living in this beautiful, beautiful sanctuary in Ethiopia. Mm. And I would absolutely love to go and visit little yeah. Pollyanna Cheetah and yeah. see her in real life, having yeah. had you know, regular updates and photographs. And she's there with her brother and so far doing very well. And also towards the end of that month, uh, Artists for Conservation, who I mentioned earlier, have named a international art award after Pollyanna, the mm. Pollyanna Pickering Award for Endangered Species. Uh, that will be a painting which will be exhibited at their big art festival in Vancouver in September. But because everybody's still a little bit wary about the yeah. travel situation, yeah. that big exhibition then moves to a beautiful gallery uh, near Tucson in Arizona in January. And they've asked if I'll go and present the award there at a kind of big gala opening for that event. So wow. that would be very special Lovely. to be able to do that yeah. as well. So that's two hopefully quite exciting things coming up. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Amazing. Um, that's the end of our questions, but have you got anything else you'd like to add? Or we'll talk about. Or yeah. talk about. Oh, there's an opportunity. Of course, now I can't think of anything we've covered so much, haven't we? So, but no, thank you. It's been great. And it's been great to have the opportunity to chat about the work and the fact that I'm very excited that I can hopefully stage an exhibition again. Yeah. Mind you, I'm very excited just to leave the house at the moment. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. can probably yeah. tell. Yeah. 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 So, well, anything to do with animals, I want to hear all about it. Yeah, so. exactly. Oh, I, I was wearing my so. David Attenborough shirt yesterday as well. Right. So, yeah, we we, having, yeah. having a debate in the office of what he was holding it was a frog it was a oh, frog okay. Kendall thought it originally looked like a turtle so we put right. on the stories whether right. it was a frog or a turtle and frog did wings it was a frog it was, it was a, a frog, frog. we're big, big big David Attenborough oh he's yeah. amazing isn't yeah. he he's just incredible yeah, yeah absolutely fantastic, fantastic. and yes. uh, although I, I think the best I mean, I'm going to plug this on our mm. podcast the best wildlife documentary <laughs> I've ever seen <laughs> And this is, is this is almost sacrilegious saying this, <laughs> is My Octopus Teacher on Netflix. Do you know, I haven't watched that yet. It's, it's in my list. It's, it's saved and I haven't sat and watched it I'm yet. It's about octopuses. It is about an octopus, yeah. but it's, it's, <laughs> it's just fascinating. It's really? so good. Oh, really, I, yeah. I will click on it yeah, yeah when i get next time i'm sitting Very in front good. of the telly yeah don't tell <laughs> it's my David next watch no. oh, no. i mean if you listen to this we're sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, i'm sure he is doing why wouldn't he <laughs> no, i was lucky enough to meet him uh, a few times over the years because conservation is a relatively small world and eventually we bump into it's everyone. my mortgages yeah. is that yeah <laughs> everyone uh, and he did once draw a raffle ticket for our prize draw that oh wow. wow so yeah that was my big david and reclaimed to yeah. fame was he uh, he drew our raffle ticket for Are you jealous? us so. I am very much great thank you so much for that yes, it's been a pleasure you. thank you very much I'm as high as I can be how interesting was that I could have actually spoken to her all day yeah amazing if you're an animal lover uh, and we are in a, quite an animal office yeah that was, that was amazing I, I just don't think you'd be able to um, you could go to China now and say I want to look after a panda for two weeks later I'm, so, I'm actually so jealous yeah it was good 
<laughs> Thank you, Anna Louise, for that. We loved it. Now we will leave you with another song which was sent to us by Diamond Bridges called Be My Girl. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Why did you say bye? <laughs> Sam